And I'd like to add my personal welcome to all of you who are with us today, especially uh, grandparents who have been divided by their, maybe their grandkids or their uh, children, whether you be in the worship center or in, uh, under the tent or at home. Uh, we are uh, delighted to have your presence here. Let's pause before the message and uh, let me pray for some situations that Dave mentioned. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we thank you so much that your grace and mercy is upon us. Now, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would, you would bless those who have come to America as refugees from Afghanistan. Lord, we pray that you will direct our church family as to how we can assist them. May we be in the power of your spirit and in the will of the Father. Lord, we also pray for those who are in Afghanistan that are going through incredible, incredibly difficult times right now. We pray for believers who are there who are being persecuted and even martyred. We pray, Lord, that for their deliverance. And we pray, Lord, for their escape. That, Lord, you can make ways for, for many of them, if not all of them, to uh, be safe out of that country or safe within the country somehow. Lord, help us to continue to pray for them and help us not to have a deaf ear or blind eye toward the knees of fellow believers around the world. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, at the very outset, let me reiterate something else Dave said, that this message is really for everyone, regardless of age. Let me share with you why. This message is for, for some of us because we are elderly. We're just old. Others of you, in fact, I think everyone knows somebody who is old. Hence, this message is for you. And then thirdly, Everyone is getting older, and Lord willing, someday you may be old. And so this message will apply even more pointedly at that point in time. Now, if you'd like a synopsis of this letter, or this message, uh, Clovia Hunt gave a devotional that I thought was really good. Here's a picture of Clovia. She's also on the worship team. It's, she uh, shared it on Thursday, uh, February the 18th of this year. You can go back to the archives and, and pull that up, and you'll get a synopsis of the message this morning. Now, in case you haven't noticed, uh, I am elderly. Okay, I'm old. And that's part of the reason why I think they, uh, they asked me, and I actually I requested to speak, because I'm old. Now, for those of you who have been coming on a regular basis, you know that Pastor Gary occasionally refers to himself as an old, older person, Right? Every once in a while, I think it's because he's the oldest one on staff. So he keeps joking about his age. So this morning we'll begin the message with a pop quiz. Oh, those of you who are Asian are kind of squirming now because you re remember pop quiz from your academic years. All right, this one, uh, no, no pressure because there's no grade. Or oh, there could be pressure in another way, which you'll see very shortly. All right, question number one in the pop quiz is true or false? I love true and false because you have a 50% of getting it right. Here's the question, true or false? I am older than Gary. True or false? I didn't ask for an oral verbal response. I mean, all, all those who, who believe I am older than Gary, raise your hand. Very good, okay. Raise your hand, yeah, raise, that's Gary, yeah. 
Those of you who think it's false, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because now I know Gary's in the sanctuary. <laughs> All right. It's true. I am older than Gary. Second question. <clears throat> what is the age difference between me and Gary? What is the age? I'm going to give you an over-under. Five years or more, that's the over. Four years or less, the difference in our age. How many believe it's five years or more? Raise your hand. Okay, so that means the other of you think five years or four years and less. Okay, it, the answer is five years or more. Okay, there's more than a five-year difference between Gary and I. I've known Gary for like over 40 years. Now, aging is a very interesting topic. There's all different kinds of ways of looking at it. Let me make a statement at the very onset that I'd like you to remember. And this is the statement. Jesus is greater than aging. Jesus is greater than aging. You know, our sermon series right now, the Colossians, is Jesus is greater than. And um, so this message isn't going to be out of Colossians, but we're going to take a look at aging and that Jesus actually is greater than the aging or aging process. Now, let me share with you some thoughts about aging. First thought. Aging is all about the mind. Aging is all about the mind. Mark Twain wrote this. Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Mark Twain has some great quotes. Aging is all about perspective. Here's Sam Ewing, who was a baseball player. Inflation is when you paid $15 for a $10 haircut you used to get for $5 when you had hair. <laughs> Aging is all about advantages. Don't worry about avoiding temptation. As you grow older, it starts avoiding you. And as an old man now, like pornography isn't the same kind of issue it was oh, when I was a young man. It starts avoiding you. <laughs> Thank you for all your support there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing with me, I know, I know. Aging is all about living. Do not regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. And one of the things I make a habit of is not to complain about my age. I, I want to embrace my age because not everybody gets to the age I'm at right now. So I am blessed. Today we'll be looking at three things. Or the blessing of wearing a crown, the blessing of being renewed daily, and the blessing of being extremely valuable. <clears throat> First, the blessing of wearing a crown. Now, every aged person who has a grandchild gets to wear a crown. Proverbs 17.6 says this, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. That's such a true statement. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. And anyone who's a grandparent knows exactly what that verse is all about. Something really remarkably different between grandchildren and children, as precious as children were. Now, every grandparent worshiping with us today, whether it be here, outside, or at home, your grandchildren are your crowns. Did you know that? For everyone who has a grandparent still living, you are their crown. Now, here's a picture of my wife and I with our three daughters, their husbands, and our 13 grandkids. This was taken in Hawaii two years ago for our 50th wedding anniversary. Now, this picture could only be taken 
because there are two old people in it. Without them, there is no family. Now here's a picture of my wife and I with our 13 grandchildren, apart from our daughters and their husbands. You know the blessing of this picture taken on Mother's Day of this year? Uh, two of our precious grandchildren, all three, three of our precious grandchildren are adopted. And two have come out of the foster care program. So I know we, we have a ministry for foster care parents here. And you should, you should probably think about it and pursue it if, you, if the Lord leads you in that direction. Okay, now what does a crown mean? The cr crowns mean one of two things, at least one of two things. A crown means the presence of honor, the presence of honor. It means the existence of honor because a person has entered into a certain position or has a certain status. Kings wear a crown because they have the position of king and that carries with it the highest status in any kingdom. Now I'm a member of the board of trustees at Maranatha High School, so I get to wear a badge, all right? that indicates that I'm a board member. And here's a picture of the badge. I believe the badge to be a symbol of honor, the honor of being a trustee. Now I wear this badge whenever during the day I go on campus, because one of my crowns still remains at Maranatha High School, Cameron Asoka. She's in her volleyball season right now. Now you may be sitting there or standing in the back thinking, boy, he's showing a lot of pictures of his grandkids. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's one of the blessings of being a grandparent. You know, it's a blessing being in this digital age. Before, you could carry maybe one, two in your wallet. Now you have a phone. You could show somebody and just scroll through a litany of pictures of your grandkids. I don't recommend doing that, though. It is an honor and a reward to be a grandchild. Because the second thing a crown means is the presence of a reward. The Bible speaks of crowns in heaven as a reward for things done here on earth. So a crown represents not only honor, but it's a reward. Grandchildren are a reward if the Lord chooses to bless you with them. And anybody who's a grandparent can say, yeah, that is an incredible reward. It's an honor to be a grandparent, and grandchildren are a reward from God. So word to all the grandchildren present here today. If you know Jesus and your grandparents do not, share Jesus with them. They will listen to you. You're their crown. If you're a grandparent and you have some crowns that don't know Jesus, share Jesus with them because you're very special in their lives, grandparents. So for those of us who are old, we have the blessing, perhaps, of wearing a crown. Secondly, the, we have the blessing of being renewed daily. The blessing of being renewed on a day-by-day -day basis. Now, there are challenges to growing old. There's the challenge of health loss, the challenge of health loss. As we get older, health issues begin to arise. We start to feel aches and pains in places that we didn't realize that we even had. It's, just, it's difficult. You sit for a long time, it's hard getting back up. When I preach, I try to move around a lot because if I stay in one position, it's hard to get moving again. We get older and we have health loss. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying. If that were an isolated verse, that would be very, very depressing. But it's a truth. As we get older, 
Our outer man is decaying. That's our physical well-being isn't what it used to be. Our bodies are slowly breaking down. By the time we are post-65, we understand this all too well. You ever notice that when you have a family gathering and all the older people sit around the kitchen table, what do they talk about? Health. Right? Doctors, insurance, medications. Because that becomes an issue in their, in their lives. And we just can't do the things that we used to do before. Now, my wife is somewhat of an exception. Uh, she still rides roller coasters. Now, this is a picture of her, my wife, Rain, with two of our crowns, Bryn and Brayden. And she's riding in Credit Coaster, which used to be called California Screaming. I don't know what it's called now. All right. Now, so she would go on it, and I'd have to sit around someplace and wait for her to go on, ride maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times, and then, uh, then join me, and we go off to do something else. And so one time, in fact, more than once, I would stand, you know, that takeoff place for the roller coaster? I stood there, and I, wanted, I counted the number of elderly people that were riding the roller coaster. And I saw maybe 12 to 15 roller coasters uh, start there. Do you know how many older people I saw there on the roller coaster? Zero. Or at least I couldn't recognize them as an elderly person. All right? Nobody. Why? Because elderly people have a hard time on roller coasters. Now, I have a bad knee. I'm going to have knee replacement surgery near, around Thanksgiving. That's my knees giving out. And I'm thankful to God that there is such a thing as knee replacement surgery. So I can't play basketball with my grandkids anymore. I can play horse with them. If we don't have time, we play pig. If we have a lot of time, we play hippopotamus, <laughs> which nobody can spell. All right. My wife, however, one, three years ago, decided to play in a little game in the backyard with some of our grandkids. And my grandson drove to the hole for a layup, bumped into his grandma. She fell and broke her pelvis in two places. Yeah, it was, it was very painful. However, she, well, she's fine now, perfectly fine now. But she became a celebrity at both the hospital and in the retirement community in which we live. You know why? Because she broke her pelvis playing basketball and not in the bathroom. <laughs> now, that's where most older people break things, in the bathroom or maybe the kitchen. And so like doctors and staff people came to her room and said, oh, you're the woman who broke her pelvis playing basketball. Now I, being the grandfather that I am, went to my grandson right after it happened to console him. And I said, hey, that's okay. Grandma's gonna be okay. Did you make the layup? <laughs> Isn't that what I asked you, Seth? Yeah, I asked him. And he said no. And I tried not to look too disappointed. <laughs> My wife said, men, the things they think of. Because when the guys at the hospital came to see her, they said, oh, you're the woman who broke her pelvis playing basketball. Did you win? <laughs> so she was just disgusted in men in general. Again. I apologize on behalf of all the men here, ladies, that we sometimes ask or say insensitive things. So there is the challenge of health loss. There's also the challenge of hearing loss, which is a subdivision of health loss. One very common loss amongst the elderly is hearing loss. An elderly man thinking his wife was losing her hearing was about 20 feet behind her and said, can you hear me, honey? No answer. So he got 10 feet behind her and said, darling, can you hear me? No answer. 
So he got five feet behind her and said, Honey, can you hear me now? No answer. So he got right up to her ear and said, Darling, can you hear me now? And she said, For the fourth time, yes. <laughs> now, I know exactly what that feels like. So you know what I did? I got hearing aids. Now here's a sidebar word to all the men here who are older than, than 65. Or it could be, you actually can be younger than that and experiencing hearing loss. Lord willing, have the Holy Spirit move you and get hearing aids if you can. A lot of, I didn't want hearing aids because of pride and vanity. Yeah, I didn't want things on my ear. I didn't want to have things plugged into my ear. It was really vanity. And I just was missing things at business meetings. So I finally got hearing aids. And now the world has opened up. When I take my hearing aids out, the world is dull. When I put them in, it just brightens the world because I can hear things. And uh, when I, when I first ones I got were so sensitive, I could hear the crunching of your feet on the carpet. I was at a reception and uh, I could hear the tables, people talking and tingling glasses, two tables away. I thought, this is terrible. And so I had, to, I had to get it adjusted. And you know what I thought about? How does Superman deal with supernatural hearing? Because he hears everything. That would be so annoying. I digress. I'm sorry. Right. So I got hearing aids. So there's one other benefit. They have studies now that show that if you have hearing aids, it slows down the onset of dementia in that area of the brain that's not being used effectively because you don't have good hearing. So it's a second reason for getting hearing aid men. Let's get back to the topic. Here's some encouragement. Matthew 11:15 says this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now Jesus is not talking about physical ears. He's talking about spiritual ears. See, our physical ears could be failing us, but our spiritual ears are still in full effect. And we can learn and we can hear things from Jesus that will help us and sustain us through our lives. You see, Jesus is greater than aging. Amen. So there's the challenge of health loss, the challenge of hearing loss. There's also the challenge of memory loss. The aged have senior moments. You know, we just forget things, especially short-term memory. There's a couple in their 90s, and they're having remembering problems. So they went to the doctor. The doctor said, look, this is what you should do. <clears throat> when something comes up, write it down so you don't forget. So that night, uh, they... Uh, they were watching television, and, and the husband said, I'm going to go in the kitchen and make something. You want anything, honey? He, and she says, yeah, get me a bowl of ice cream. And she said, uh, do you think you need to write that down? She said, I got it, bowl of ice cream. Oh, and then put strawberries on it. Maybe you should write that down. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Ice cream and uh, strawberries. They said, and can you add whipped cream? And so she said, he said, uh, she said, maybe you should write that down. He goes, look, honey, I won't forget. Ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream on top. I got it. He goes off to the kitchen for about 30 minutes. He comes back with a tray of bacon and eggs, puts it before his wife. She looks at him in disgust and says, where's my toast? <laughs> now, I normally do not tell jokes when I preach, but I can't resist it on this topic. Now, if you didn't have a good view of aging, those would be demeaning jokes. I mean, but when Jesus is in our lives, Jesus is greater than aging, so we can kind of laugh at ourselves. Deuteronomy 6.12 says this, 
Then watch yourselves and do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slaveries. Multiple times God says in the book of Deuteronomy, remember this. You see, our short-term memory may be failing us a bit, but what God wants us to remember is not what we had for breakfast this morning, but the things God has done to bless us, to nurture us, and to be there for us. And that we can remember, because long-term memory is usually not an issue with the elderly. And see, when we remember the things that God has done for us, that's when Jesus is greater than aging. There's the challenge of health loss, the challenge of hearing loss, the challenge of memory loss, and there's also the challenge of people loss. And this is when you can gather around your grandparents or somebody who's elderly and really support them when they undergo a people loss. I had the privilege of of getting together with John Wooden, the legendary UCLA basketball coach over the course of of my life and his life. And I got the chance to visit him in his 99th year, uh, the year in which he passed away and went home to be with the Lord. And one of the things he shared uh, was that it was just really sad for him because everybody in his generation were already gone. None of them lived to be 99. Cousins, um, his brother, his family members, they were all gone. He was the last of his generation. So he had undergone a lot of people loss. And he, he brought to mind the fact that, yeah, as we get older, we experience people loss. And this is when we can gather around people, around our grandparents, and comfort them and console them and be with them when they experience people loss. Now, here's the good news. I've already given you some, but here's the good news. In the midst of our body decaying and people dying, we are being renewed daily. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. I'm only going to read verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That's an important phrase in the, in the New Testament. Look up that phrase. Do not lose heart and see what God says every time that phrase comes up. Because those are areas in which we do lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Isn't that a wonderful thought? The wonderful truth. We are being renewed day by day. You know, if 2 Corinthians 4.16 by itself, that first portion would be depressing about our bodies decaying. If it weren't for the second part. That we are being renewed day by day. And that's important because we're not just a physical body. We're, we have a soul. We have a spirit. And that can be renewed day by day. And when it is renewed day by day, that's when Jesus is greater than aging. Here's some ways of receiving God's renewing presence daily. I'm just going to mention them. One, reading and studying the Bible daily. Praying on a continual basis, and those are associated verses. Dwelling on the things above and not just on the things below, like our bodies. Fellowshipping with Christians. Those are all things that if we participate in can help renew us on a daily basis. And then Jesus is greater than aging. So we have the blessing of wearing a crown. We have the blessing of being renewed daily. And we have the blessing of being extremely valuable. You know the elderly are extremely valuable? First of all, the elderly are experienced the elderly are experienced. Proverbs twenty twenty nine says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men 
is their gray hair. The honor of old men is gray hair. One way of putting it is uh, young men can work harder. Older people should work smarter. Now, we have a couple of professional hairstylists in the church that I pastored. One cuts my hair and takes care of me. And we go, I mean, they're family friends to us. I love her boys. And then there's another who's really good at his craft. And he would come up to me at church every once in a while and say, Pastor Corey, Pastor Corey, let me dye your hair. Because I was turning gray. And I thought, you know, should I consider this? And so I gave her some consideration. Now, this is me with gray hair. Right, it's the way I am. This is me if he dyed it black. <laughs> you are laughing with me, right? No. This is me with blonde hair. Because I didn't know what color he was going to dye me. This is me with pink hair. Thank you. <laughs> all right, here's all four. All right, and I have actually, I've never seen these slides. I'm not going to start today. <laughs> I, I, I love my gray hair. I was looking forward to the day when I would have gray hair. You know, I always wanted gray hair. I, my uncle, when he aged, he had the you know, gray on the sideburns. I thought that looked so cool. And then I, now that I'm a Christian, I see the, the verses associated with gray hair. There's a Hasidic Jewish statement that goes like this. For the unlearned, old age is winter. And winter is not a good time. It's when things die. For the learned, it is a season of the harvest. Isn't that a wonderful statement? For the unlearned, Old age is winter. For the learned, it is a season of the harvest. And as we dwell in the word, as we dwell with Jesus, we become more learned. And old age is a time of harvest for all the things you plan in over the course of your lifetime. Job 12.12 says this, Wisdom is with aged men, with long life is understanding. The more you experience life, the more you will understand the things in life if you're walking with the Lord. Now, I had the privilege of having dinner with John MacArthur a few years ago. Now, he had just turned 75. And the reason why I want to have dinner with him is because I was approaching my 70s. And I wanted to know what it was like to be a pastor in their 70s because there was a possibility I was going to serve until I was 75, although that didn't turn out. And I asked him, are you going to retire anytime soon? And he looked at me and said, no. So I asked him why. And this is what he said, and it wasn't a boastful statement whatsoever. He said, well, because I know so much now. And what he, was, what he was saying was he's been in ministry for so long that he's experienced so much that there's some things that just come very easy to him now as a pastor because of his experience. And there's things I know now simply because I've been alive for over seven decades. So here's an exhortation to those of you who are older. Never sell short the wisdom you have gained over the course of your lifetime. Use it for good. And here's an exhortation to anyone who is younger than somebody who you consider to be elderly. Don't sell short the wisdom of your elders. The Bible exhorts young people, you younger men, in 1 Peter 5.5, 5, likewise be subject to your elders. Why does the Bible command younger people to be subject to older people? 
because the aged have wisdom because of all their years of life and that which they have experienced. And when that happens, Jesus is greater than aging. So the elderly have experience. The elderly are still productive. That's another thing. Psalm 92, 12 to 15 says this, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. See, for those who dwell with God, who those who walk with Jesus, old age is a time of being productive, of bearing fruit, the Bible says. You know, just because we're older doesn't mean, hey, now I can relax and rest and I can go out to pasture. To the contrary, we now have a lot of free time. Time to serve the Lord and be productive for the kingdom's sake. R.C. Sproul, pastor and founder of uh, Ligonier's Ministry, wrote this. When I last crossed a decade barrier in my own aging process, God was good enough to grant me the small bit of wisdom. The Bible honors age, not youth. I came to understand that the disappearance of my youth was something God thought a good thing. And if I were wise, I would agree. Now, a decade later, and I've been given this bit of wisdom, easier said than done. My calling as I grew older and my responsibilities grow isn't to take a mental vacation to the time when my responsibilities were few, nor is it to grow gray hairs, or in my case, lose hairs, worrying about those responsibilities. Rather, what I, ought to be, what I ought to do is long for, or better still pray for, the maturity that rests in Christ in the midst of responsibilities. I need not to wish I were younger, but to pray I grow wiser. See, there's three things everyone needs to give to the Lord, regardless of age. Time, talents, and treasures. And the elderly have all three. And when those are put to good use for the Lord, that's when Jesus is greater than aging. So the elderly are experienced. They are still productive. Thirdly, the elderly teach us how to respect and honor. The elderly teach us how to respect and honor. How so? Leviticus 19.32 says, And you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. So before God says revere him, he says, look, you are to stand up and revere older people. Listen to them. Now what's the context of this verse? The people were not listening to their elders. They were listening to spiritists and, and, and um, mediums. And God says, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to revere me, but prior to revering me, listen to those who are aged in your, in your midst, in your community. For I have given them wisdom based upon experience. See, the Bible honors the aged. It doesn't marginalize them. And not the youthful. SBCC is a multi-generational church. Isn't that a blessing? All ages are present here. That is an incredible blessing where we can learn, gain, and glean from one another. And that's one of the real blessings of our church family. See, the godly, the godly 
honor and respect the aged. The ungodly has no respect for the aged. Deuteronomy 28.50, God's talking about an ungodly nation. And this is what he said. A nation of fierce continents who will have no respect for the old and show no, or show no, no favor to the young. So what are the two, two characteristics of a godless nation who held Israel in captivity? One, no respect for people who are old. They have a culture that marginalizes the elderly and raises up youthfulness. They remind you of a country you know of? Second thing, nor favor to the young. That's a culture that takes, that doesn't think twice about aborting babies in the womb. Remind you of a country that you know of? So there's a possibility that our nation is becoming more godless because they marginalize older people and they kill babies in the womb. That's the mark of an ungodly nation. And we are supposed to be a godly nation. And we as a church play a role in this to shed light of the gospel to a world that is very dark, a nation that is very dark. And then fourthly, the elderly give us opportunities to show love and grace. 1 Timothy 5.4 says this, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. This is a very specific mandate to, to kids and grandkids. You're responsible for your elderly parents. Now, it says here to make some return, right? And we're going to unpack that, and I'll tell you where we're going to unpack that a little bit. But again, he's, he's giving responsibility to show loving grace to those who are elderly. Now, two observations from the text. Paul uses the adverb proton, which means first, not in number, but in priority. This is a priority in the mind of God. And, the, and it's also a mandate to make sure we take care of our household. Now, I tell my grandsons, sitting right here, I tell my grandsons, I've told them more than once, some point, someday you're going to be driving grandpa around. Haven't I told you that? Just don't drive too fast. All right. So at some point in time, I won't be able to drive. And we have a plan, actually, for when they're going to take away my keys. Right. And I think it's a good plan. I don't know if I'm going to cooperate with it, but I think it's a good plan. That is going to be the roughest thing I'm going to deal with as I grow old. Not driving. Why? When you stop driving, what do you lose? Your independence. That's going to be a tough day for me. But I know it's around the corner. If I, if I live so long. Now, I'm going to be teaching a 4070 seminar. We should have put this on the screen. 4070 seminar. What does that mean? It means that when children are the age of 40 and their parents are around the age of 70, you should come together and talk about the, the end of life issues, the 4070 rule. When kids are 40, Parents are 70, start talking about the end of life for parents. And this is a real challenge for many, many families. On October 10th, in the afternoon, after worship is over, 
will be conducting a, a workshop. I think it's going to be here in the sanctuary. And I'll be giving you some preliminary information that will help you understand what does it mean to take care of the aged. And it's important for both ends of the spectrum to be here, not just the adult children of the aged, but those who are older need to be here because there are issues and dilemmas for each group. And it's better to hear it together. So make it a point on, this, on October 10th to come to the seminar. Bring your parent, if you happen to be the child. Uh, if you're the grandparent or parent, older parent, bring your, your adult children. And we'll pursue this together in a 90-minute workshop. And when we pursue things like this, and we get some biblical understanding of what does it mean to take care of the aged, that's when Jesus is greater than aging. In 2005, November of 2005, you know during the holidays, as the holiday season approach, approaches, you get a little bit more reflective, start thinking about when you grew up and what Thanksgiving and Christmas were like. Well, I think it was in one of those nostalgic moments, and I began thinking about the fact that I was in my 50s, and I was beyond halfway home. So I wrote a reflection. And these reflections were, were written for the sake of my children so that they could read these later on after I'm gone and get a view of, of who I was and what I was thinking when I was alive. That's sort of a legacy older people can leave to those who, who, uh, who come after them. And so I wrote this reflection, and it's entitled Beyond Halfway. And I, and Gary asked me to make this available, so we'll make it available somehow to the church family. Beyond halfway can be a very good thing. Beyond halfway done with an exam is encouraging. Beyond halfway home after a long trip is heartening. Beyond halfway finished with a home improvement project is progress. There are other times when beyond halfway can be far less than a good thing. Beyond halfway through vacation can be saddening. Beyond halfway, spending your allowance for the week can be painful. Beyond halfway in one's lifespan can be challenging at best and depressing at worst. I am beyond halfway in my life. I can see the home stretch from where I now live life. I have lived more than I shall live. I have experienced more than I shall experience. I have learned more than I shall learn. I have breathed more than I shall breathe. Beyond halfway, I've seen that over the course of one's lifespan, things change. Nothing stays the same. Life is dynamic. The old passes away and the new comes. The former becomes nostalgia and the latest becomes adventuresome. What was no longer is and what is won't last very long. The old becomes wistful and life becomes a string of events leading to a predictable conclusion. Beyond halfway, I have seen the passing of two generations of family and the advent of two new ones. Beyond halfway, I have felt the pain of losing a sibling. Beyond halfway, I have seen my precious daughters grow up and get married. Beyond halfway, I have seen the birth of grandchildren and the hope that comes with new life. Beyond halfway, I have seen changes in the culture. Cultural icons and social trendsetters cease to exist. No more Walt Disney. No more Mr. Rogers. No more Elvis. No more Ronald Reagan. No more Mickey Mantle. No more Bob Hope. 
And the list goes on and on. Can it ever be good to be beyond halfway in one's life? How could it possibly be better to know that you will live less than you have lived? Beyond halfway could mean that your cup is almost half full or more than half empty. Beyond halfway could mean that the best is yet to come or that your finest hours are in the rearview mirror. Beyond halfway could mean your golden years are still ahead or that gilded years still await you. Is it better to be near the beginning or closer to the end? Is it more profitable to have experienced or to still experience? Is it better to live based on experience or experience based on living? As for me, I am thankful for the life that I have lived and look forward to the life that I have yet to live. Beyond Halfway simply validates that life on earth is a temporary sojourn at best, worthy of living to the fullest, but not so worthy to be counted as all that there is. As Paul wrote, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. It all depends on your perspective, the way you look at things, the way you see life itself. I choose to see this life as temporary. The best is yet to come, not in this life, but in the one that is to come. However, beyond halfway also saddens me. Beyond halfway causes me to reminisce fondly about the past. Beyond halfway makes me love my family even more than ever. Beyond halfway causes me to daydream about the future of my beloved grandbabies. But thanks be to God that beyond halfway causes me to embrace the things that are really important in this life. Beyond Halfway helps me appreciate the things that make up today. Beyond Halfway allows me to savor the good things of life. Beyond Halfway allows me to see the majestic mountains, the cotton candy clouds, the sapphire sea, and the brightly shining stars of the night as though they never had existed before. And mostly, Beyond Halfway inspires me regarding to the regarding the life to come. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to experience life beyond halfway. And may I bring you glory and honor all the rest of my days. Amen. Now, one of the things about beyond halfway is that for a portion of the population, you don't know yet if you're beyond halfway. For those of us who are elderly, we know we're beyond halfway. For the rest of you, you don't know. Because God is the one that holds the numbers of the days of your life in his hand. And no one knows what that is but him. You could be in your 30s and beyond halfway, according to the calendar of God. So I think it's important, no matter what age you're at, old, young, younger, to make your peace with God. And to know whether or not you're beyond halfway or not, that there is an eternal life awaiting you. But first, you need to deal with the sin in your life. And that's why God sent Jesus to this earth, to die for our sins. And he, and he raised him from the grave to show that there is a thing called eternal life. 
and he conquered death through it. So if you would like to know Jesus today, if you'd like to recognize him as God's son, dying on the cross and being raised from the third day, I'd like you invite you to invite him into your life. I'll say a prayer. Repeat it after me, making it your own. God will listen to it, and the Bible promises that God will answer it. And you will belong to the family of God, and you will have eternal life and forgiveness of your sins. So let's all join together in a moment of silence. And if you would like to ask Jesus to be your Savior and Lord today, I invite you to repeat this prayer after me, making it your own. Dear Jesus, I believe you are God's Son, that you died on a cross, that you rose from the grave. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins and thank you for dying for my sins. I ask you into my life as my Savior and Lord, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Now please close off that prayer with an amen. And whether you be in the worship center or outside or at home, if you prayed that prayer with me, praise the Lord. You're part of the family of God and you hold the kingdom in your hands now. Would you please tell somebody of your commitment? Tell your family member. Tell your grandchild if you're a grandparent. If you're a grandchild, tell your grandparent. If you are online, just go to chat room. There's a you can click there to be in con make contact with our church family, and we would like to contact you in return and help you with your journey. If you are here in the worship center or if you're under the tent, please make your way to the lobby. There's a connect station there. Go there, and we have a, a gift for you, a gift that will help you start your journey in Jesus. And we'd also like to get some information from you, contact information, so that we can make sure that your journey begins well and we can walk alongside you. God's blessing upon you. Amen.